0: Tired. So tired. Over-tired. Hey, welcome
1: to Overtired. I'm here with Christina Warren and Jeff Severn's Gunsel. Uh, trigger warning at the top of the show. Um, we may be discussing some themes of suicidal ideation. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But just, uh, just be warned if that is a trigger for you. Uh, maybe skip this one or fast forward to the next chapter. We'll see. How you guys doing? (laughs) Better than you, obviously.
0: I was gonna say I was. was Well, (laughs) was doing okay, and then heard uh, heard that. No, um, I mean I'm fine, but I'm I'm more interested in how you're doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like uh, let's 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 go get that. Hi Brett. Hi Christina. Let's get that off the plate at the top. So I've been going through some dark uh dark thinking and it's not all the time it's uh especially evenings i just i start i'm not planning suicide i'm not thinking about what i would do or how i would do it or anything like that i'm just thinking how much i would like to not be here Mm -hmm. and um it's not at the crisis level where i want to call a hotline which i have done um I've done the hotlines and uh anyone in Minnesota 211 is a great resource uh and nationwide 988 is a great resource but um like I'm not it's not at a crisis point where I'm like if I don't talk to someone I'm going to hurt myself um I'm not hurting myself but the thoughts get very dark and they scare me and I don't like to tell anybody about them because people aren't equipped deal with that kind of my partner isn't equipped to deal with those feelings um they're very scary uh, when you hear someone close to you or even tangentially like Mm -hmm. for me when i i was watching welcome to wrexham last night and i had been having a pretty good night and then this girl that was kind of a main character in that episode uh talked about how her father had committed suicide and they were showing pictures of like him being happy and like a loving father. And just like, it hit me like how dark, how people can be so outwardly um, affable mm-hmm. and be so hurting inside and just hearing about other people and and suicidal ideation and suicide itself. Uh, it It hits me in the gut. Like I cry just like. I sob when I hear that stuff. Um, I, it feels it feels a little too close to home for me. So so that's my mental health check-in. <laughs> hmm. How are you guys doing?
0: Well, I'm really, really sad to – I mean, thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm really I, – I completely understand the hesitancy in sharing this stuff because you're right. People don't know how to deal with it. In my experience, it's, it's one of two responses. It's either people who are really disturbed and really upset by it or – uh, what I would find is arguably even the worst response, which is that they're not concerned at all. They just assume that you're full of shit and, and that, that you're just saying stuff and that they don't, yeah, they that, don't fucking that would seriously.
1: be awful. I, I haven't run into that. Everyone who I you're, talk to takes it <laughs> very seriously.
0: Um, with all respect, you're a guy and, yeah, and that, okay. and, and that, that's a, a, it's a, it's a massively, massively, massively gendered thing. Um, uh, as as mental health is in general um you know like like women are have been historically treated so differently when it comes to our mental health than men have mm-hmm. like we sure. were the ones who were sent to sanita- sanitariums we were the ones sure. who you know are called hysterical like it's 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 a whole thing so um I am glad people are taking it seriously um I makes me think you know you you haven't had manic episodes in a while, right yeah
1: no, but
0: this definitely feels like this is like a, a depressive episode oh for sure. For, right. And, and as somebody who has been low key depressed for a couple of years and was in a really bad place earlier this year, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm doing better now. Like I, I can completely relate to, to what you're saying. Um, I hope that your, your doctor, you know, you can look at like med opportunities and other things to try to find the right
1: yeah. balance. It's weird. Like I was, I don't have a relationship with my psychiatrist where I feel super, like, I can tell her I'm doing okay. Like, I I am by all measures, like. But you're not. she, she, I know, I know. That but the, like the, the, she, the,
0: the, this is the trap, though. This is the trap. We're doing okay. I'm not actually going to do anything. I just sometimes think about it, and I just would maybe rather not exist. I'm not planning anything. I'm not actually going to you know take those steps. It's fine. It's not fine. Like that's that's yeah. depression, and that so, that needs to be worked on. And and I, I get not having a relationship, maybe having that trust level. Well, so but, I did have.
1: I did have plans to talk to my therapist very seriously about it very openly. Okay. Um, like I am, I have developed, my relationship with her is very open and honest. And I will tell her like exactly how much I drink. I will tell her exactly like how my relationship with Elle is going. And And I had every intention of talking to her about this, but she got sick this week mm. and canceled. So I have to wait a week, which is, it's fine. I'll I'll make it but um she's she more her than my psychiatrist which she doesn't prescribe my meds of course um and the 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 shitty thing about being bipolar is it's hard to treat bipolar depression because every psychiatrist is worried that they're going to make you manic by giving right. you antidepressants
2: or worse they're not worried <laughs> right <laughs> right right but
0: but in this case i mean I, I do like talking to your therapist is great, and I completely understand the um, hesitancy of talking to um, your psychiatrist. But if this is something like, in most cases, at least in my experience, this isn't something that it doesn't just go away. Um, and and given your bipolar, and given like the other like history of of stuff you've had, I would be concerned, you know, about like is this a med alignment thing? So even though I completely understand not necessarily wanting to to talk about this stuff, I do also I encourage you to talk to your psychiatrist. Um, because I, I think that I think you have to if if, if you want to, you know, treat this
1: the best way that you can. Yeah. I find myself trying to be so upbeat when I talk to her because I don't want her to fuck with like what is working.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> and I and I get it. Um I, I completely I, I this year I get it more than anything. But I also, like, is it really working? It would be the question I would ask.
1: Yeah, Um, that's fair. That's fair. You know what
0: I mean? Like, like, because that's that's the thing. Like, we can all be in our places. And and this is why I think, like, depression is so fucking insidious, is that we will convince ourselves. We'll go through so many mental gymnastics to convince ourselves that we're not depressed and that things aren't that bad and that everything's okay. And, and we go out of our way to hide things. And that is why, to your point, why there are people who will look on the outside, like they just have everything going for them and mm-hmm. just have the most awful personalities and are in a lot of pain. And that is not an accident. Um, in my, in my opinion, I think that most, most of us are depressed. Like you're a very good liar. You're a very good actor. And, um, it, and, and part of that is because you feel a sense of shame around being depressed. You feel a sense of obligation to not let people know you're depressed. You feel a sense of just general, like embarrassment. And then also there's this aspect of, Oh, well, if I just fake it, it'll get better. And, and there's a certain truth to, you know, how you act and how you put yourself out can have a real impact on your mental health and and your energy and whatnot like it certainly is mm-hmm. better to be out with people in my opinion and and to do exercise and do other stuff that can all genuinely have real um impact on on your endorphins and on your serotonin levels but it's not enough to get you out of like a dark place and and so um we we delude ourselves into thinking things aren't that bad um yeah. and then if it goes on too long, it is that bad.
1: So I do have I do have one friend who is also very open about her mental health, um, and she suffers from extreme anxiety and depression and um, and suicidal ideation. And I have been able to um, be completely open with her, and we can tell each other, you know, what you're feeling isn't real, like it's real to you, but but people do actually want you around and your life is actually important. And we mm-hmm. can like just basic affirmations. Um, And that has been really good for me. We have her over to the house once in a while and just have a fun evening. But then our Facebook messages are where like we can kind of confide our darker thoughts in each other and, and support each other. And she's been really good for me.
0: That's really good. And I'm glad you have, you have a person um, like that. Um, you can talk to that openly. Um, because I think it's really important, and, and it's rare. Like even people who like, again, as you said, like people who, people in your life, partners, family members, whatnot. their level of understanding is different. Um, some people will take it very seriously. Some people won't. And then there is a there's also kind of the fear, which is like, okay. Is someone going to take this to the level that I don't need to take this to? Because, like you said, you're not calling two one, you're not calling or nine eight eight or whatever the, the the number is. Like you're not at that point. It's not at a crisis point. Um, it's just kind of a low level, you know. Like mm-hmm. always, I, I'm putting words in your mouth now, but, but no, is my experience. It's you're like,
1: correct it's, so far. Yeah.
0: It, it's like it's like a low level, like always on kind of like Malay's kind of undercurrent thing, where mm-hmm. when especially when you're alone, you have these intrusive thoughts that you can't turn off. That again, it's not to a point where you're going to be, you know, doing something to harm yourself, but you do have kind of this, you know, like thought, like, what if I just didn't wake up? What if I just wasn't here? You know, how much easier would things be if I didn't have to do any of this? And, um, and then that's, I'm really sorry you're going through this. And, And again, I really encourage you, even though it's difficult to talk to your doctor, because again, like. And I, I say this with full empathy because it's what I've been dealing with for the last six months. But you think your med situation is okay, it's not if if you're still going through this. So I, I totally get wanting to salvage what's working, but also like do some deep thinking about is it really working? Right. Because clearly what you've been on has done a great job in in stopping your every three week manic episodes. Um but it, it might have, you know, gone too far in the other direction, and that yeah. that, that that's that's not livable either. And, and any, I, I I don't know your psychiatrist. Um, I know there are plenty of terrible psychiatrists out there. I cannot imagine a psychiatrist who would be like, oh yeah, we would much rather have someone be low key suicidal than than than, sure. than have right. a manic episode. You know what I mean? It's like no, right. you you need to find a balance. So anyway, I I I'm I'm sorry you're going through this, and I love you. And thank you. And, um if you ever need to talk off pod about anything I'm obviously here so thanks
1: Just been quiet
2: you yeah, like I'm not gonna call the hotline but as soon as we start recording <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not that's not making fun I'm just it's a loving <laughs> laugh at how funny we are as people totally it's such a hard feeling that like maybe I don't want to be here it's uh, and I'm sorry that you're having that I <laughs> I've had that feeling sometimes I think I'm not prescribing this to you <laughs> or even, but sometimes I think, oh, wait a minute, actually what I really need is for the rest of the fucking world to disappear for like yeah. two few days <laughs>
1: and totally. just give
2: me some space where I don't have, because for me, when I feel like that, half of it is that like I'm anticipating some kind of, either a connecting uh, force coming towards me, someone calls or is in my space or whatever else. And I just need to not have someone in my space, not have someone calling or asking anything of me. Um, and what I really wish, I sometimes I'm like, I wish I could just press pause in my life. I'm like, no, I just want to press pause on everything around my life. Yep. And I think I could just enjoy myself for a little bit.
1: <laughs> don't, don't tell my employer, but we've gone through more management changes. And it has left me in, um, a no man's land where everyone thinks I'm working for someone else. (sighs) And during this period of depression, um, I basically have been doing like the bare minimum and nobody seems to care. (laughs) Like no one even notices. Um, it makes me worry about the long-term steadiness of my employment Uh, but right now it's, I haven't had to take disability. I just, I have just been granted this no man's land where I have no weekly meetings with any manager. Um, I have managers that are like, reach out if you have any questions. And I'm like, I, I don't have any questions. I can, I have automated a good portion of my job, which, you know, which of course you have, I deserve to be paid for that. That's fine. Um, but yeah, it's been actually. I'm really grateful that uh, my my day to day employment has kind of just worked out to to work with my current state of mind.
0: Do you remember that 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 story? I think it's on. I think I just found the Google thing. I, I think it was from the early 2000s, called it, like about the forgotten employee, about <laughs> the guy who was like hired at this place and they just like literally forgot that he existed but he was still getting his paychecks Uh every week even though he was literally doing nothing Uh um and um yeah that was like a great um
1: (laughs) yeah i get i get paid way too much for as little as i'm doing these last couple weeks
0: I mean, but this is fine. A, A, this is a little bit on them for doing like the management thing that that your employer is known to do, and hey, that my um, employer's owner is also known to do. Uh, B, it's the holiday season, so everybody's checked the fuck out. Yeah, like everybody's checked sure. from this point of time as we're recording this, everybody's going to be checked out until like the week after New Year's. Like yeah, for sure. Like everybody's everybody's completely out of it. Um, and C, you do a lot, um, you know, and you've been productive in other ways. So like let them figure it out like i i trust me like my my self review for this like first half of the year like i'm not getting promoted which sucks because i really <laughs> right. would like to be promoted right i'd really like to get promoted but i'm also like no i'm not getting promoted but i'm also not getting fired right. um even though like yep. i've been going through a lot of shit and probably should have taken disability um right. so like be grateful that we work um in an industry um unlike what jeff does where we can actually like Half-ass it to the extreme and still be okay, which is kind of like it. Kind of sums up what's wrong with corporate America and, and the tech <laughs> industry in general. But you know what? I'm tired of like never taking advantage. <laughs> yeah, know You
2: were when you were talking about this, I was thinking about how like I'm I'm part of this member-owned research collaborative, and there's like nine of us, and we all work on teams together. Oh and yeah, we're all, we're all responsible for the. I'm like, oh my oh, yeah. god, it sounds so nice. Although, what I would like more than what you have, Brett is more like what Big Head had in Silicon Valley where like um he's, did you watch show? the show? Yeah, two- I
1: can't yeah, remember yeah. what he, he
2: gets into a situation about. with all these other, the, these people that hang out on the roof where like yeah. they couldn't cancel their contracts and they need to just let them run out their contracts yep. and but and they need to be on premises so they just sit on a roof doing nothing. <laughs> right. Um and, uh, and I was like, every time I see that, I'm like, I want to work at Corporate America.
0: <laughs> oh no, totally. And it's, it, although the interesting thing is at this point, I think they've all figured out like this would be funny. I would love I in some, like I miss Silicon Valley so much for so many
2: reasons.
0: (laughs) Like it's a great show. Um, and, and they nailed the, the parody and the other stuff just like perfectly. Mm. But, um, it was also one of those things where I, um, am like, okay. Um, they, uh, I, I would love to see them do it like today because today I think that they would just find a way to get out of the contract or they would just like pay the penalty and they just be like, yeah, you're done. You're, you're fired. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Um,
0: but, yeah. but I agree with you that that would be like the ideal thing. Um, would just be able to be like, yep, I just can, Set out this. But in general, also, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Like Jeff, like Jeff has like real responsibilities and like has real people around and has like <sighs> works in a in a field that people will definitely notice when you're not doing it. Um and I think it's hard for people like Brett and I who have come from jobs where we had real responsibilities and people really noticing it's hard for us to then go into places where people don't or oh, yeah or where even even better we're like the bare minimum will make you be seen as a hero and you're like yeah. wait what right yeah right and 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 because it, it moves so fucking slowly um in comparison you're just like oh no it sounds Depends like how a form of torture
2: hurt. to me like i i think i would be i would be um mostly at peace with it um but it also sounds like you'd have just the time. lack of definition is hard
0: well, lack of I, definition uh, and slowness I, th- I think you'd be bored at certain times
1: yeah i wrote three articles this year like my job I technically i'm a technical writer even though my my job title is software developer um i'm a technical writer and i wrote three total pieces of content um but, didn't, but one, weren't they said the was successful one of those pieces of content made it into the top twenty pieces of content for the entire yeah, fiscal you're a fucking year. Great writer, yeah, which and, is
2: not something that the people in your job before you probably and were. So no,
1: at, at my at my quarterly review, I got to say, yeah, I was in the top twenty uh, developer content that went out for the year, even though like I didn't have much else this year. Right that I did the bare minimum and and I got patted on the back. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I got I got a bonus. So You got a
0: bonus. And you know, you automate this shit out of a bunch of things. You build tools for a lot of other people to do stuff. Like you're a great, great, great writer. If I were hiring someone for a documentation team, I wouldn't necessarily hire you to be a writer. I would maybe hire you to be like maybe an editor, maybe to, someone to look over certain stuff, yeah. maybe someone to help with style guides. But I would really hire you to be like the tooling person and to be like the yep. person to like help like come up with the efficiencies. Right. Not at all, as because you're not going to be
2: able to help yourself. You will write the documentation, yeah, right? That
0: right. Is, <laughs> that
1: that is my niche for sure.
0: And and I mean, it, I'm just you know being again like candid. It's like you're such a good writer. Like, okay, I put Brett on like the really hard things. But I don't want to waste his time or his talents in having him do the day-to-day bullshit documentation stuff that anybody can do. Like that's that's not why I hire Brett. Like I would hire Brett to do the stuff that's more complicated. Like the same thing. Like you don't hire me to write your code. Um, I can I can come up with a great demo, and and I can I can certainly you know like like explain how stuff works. But like that's not why you hire me. Um, it, it, if I needed to make that as like my day-to-day career, I could do that. But that's not why you hire me. You hire me to be your person who's hosting events and who's giving talks and who's, you know, mm-hmm. kind of being like a, a, a public face of, of your company. Like, that's why you hire me. You don't hire me to be the person who's, you know, building behind all the... Behind the
1: scenes. Right. Writing. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I, sure. I'd, 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 or, or even behind the scenes is like a PM. Like, I'd be happy to do that. But like, if I'm really going to be in a PM role, it's going to be need to be one that's more public facing, you know, that is yeah. the person people can blame or praise.
1: Um, to be clear, We're, um. we are so opposite in that regard. Like by my, my current manager, who is actually like a VP, um, he keeps suggesting that I do presentations, um, that I do webinars or go to conferences and present. And that is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, I try very hard to talk him out of relying on me for that kind of public facing stuff. I'm like you should get Christina Warren in here because she could kill this.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, but, but we should we we should start a Devrel team with Yumi and, and and Jay. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, honestly, <laughs> yeah, DevRel, or, or even better, Devrel as a service where we can be like rent, rent it out by like other teams
1: <laughs> mercenary Devrel.
0: i mean kind of I, you know okay like saying this out loud i kind of don't hate the idea i've been trying to i've been trying to come up with like a Devrel as a service plan for like years i think that actually would
2: brilliant be i love it i love it <laughs> is there a job opening for someone to push the raspberry pi supercomputer computer around on a pallet jack over at your employer because that sounds fun
0: yeah, for you for sure. Also, you would be like you could help be
2: like our our, our content strategist.
1: Do you know about Do you Just know about, do you know about Chris check. Do you know about Chris Benson's Pi Cluster?
2: That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. isn't there a Raspberry Pi like he, supercomputer?
1: He basically? got laid off. Oh, so there is a job um, opening for person it around on a <laughs> No, <check. laughs> they they apparently didn't appreciate his obsession with this thousand pie corporations only recognize so cool. limited obsession. it was so cool <laughs> and like it was the center attraction at some conferences uh, Yes, like, at people... Oracle World
0: i was going to say like wasn't like the only news that like came out of Oracle yeah. World one year was that like
1: yeah like, what no, the fuck, th- and horrible. he was so good at it he and was. he made great video content like he had the whole setup with like the overhead cameras at the electronics bench and everything and and he was so dedicated to it and there was like an interpersonal conflict with him and one of our three managers at that point and uh and and he got cut which sucks i I should check in with him. I assume he landed on his feet. He's a goddamn genius.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I have no doubt um, that, that he, anybody who's smart and has, you know, had would hire him. Um, but that just seems
2: like such a waste. Or he's now like Guilfoyle in a garage somewhere in Silicon Valley, <laughs> Valley with his pie cluster.
1: It's true. <laughs> so before we wrap up Mental Health Corner, how are you guys doing?
0: Um, I'm okay. I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm in a. I, I kind of already talked about mine a little bit. Like I'm I'm doing okay. Like I'm basically. I think I'm I'm in a better place than I certainly was like earlier this year, and I think uh I, I'm looking forward to you know seeing where things go. Like I said, I'm now at this point. I'm like at a month or so on no meds other than dexedrine and that's been that's been doing okay. So you know, fingers crossed.
1: Yeah. You
2: just reminded me I haven't taken my meds today. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna rattle my meds for you here, and then you're gonna, uh, you're
1: gonna pop some Vibes in the middle of the It's Not gym. much.
2: No, I can't take Vyvanse oh. anymore. Oh, uh, really? Why? Yeah, it 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 caused a. I mean, I was I had a sort of manic episode that was stronger than any I had had since I was diagnosed. It wasn't anything like that, but it was more. It more existed in like in the way my body sort of shit in my body just banged around inside. Um, and I only have one medication treating that, um, which is Lamictal. And, uh, and I was taking vivance and it was, it had been a, a month of just this on and off like rattling in me and I was not in a good place. I was like, I have a hard time working. It wasn't the kind of manic where it's like, woo, at least I'm getting shit done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I I met with my medication manager for the first time for a long time, like since I went to Kenya, I mean, I like, which was like in June or July. And, uh, we're going through everything. I'm telling her what's been going on for me and stuff. And she's, and she's listening let's just check in on what medications you're still taking or whatever. Um, and I to my she's like, wait, have you been taking the Vyvanse this whole time? I was like, yeah. She's like, I think you need to stop. Let's just see what happens if you stop. And I was afraid to stop, like to just cut it completely mm. Um, cause it, it doesn't, it only takes a couple of days to get over the weirdness of cutting yeah. vivants completely, but like sometimes those days really suck. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but I did it cause I was like, I was just, I was in a really, I was having really bad end of days basically now it was the end of my days but like <laughs> sure, sure 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 anyway i just re- realized i'm actually very good about taking my medication in the morning but i have misplaced my pill sorter and so uh i when i'm done talking here and i only have a little bit to say for my mental health check in although that was probably it right there um i uh you know, one thing that happened for me this week that was really helpful is for various reasons known mostly to my therapist like I'm, I've am i been pretty paralyzed when it comes to trying to sit down and work lately, like, which is something I've experienced for decades. Like it's a, it's a, a sort of a dissociative experience. Which it takes a long time to get into that. But like, it's almost like the way I describe it is like, I'll sit down at my desk feeling pretty clear headed about what I need to do. And then it's like, it's like a dream where like there's a thing in front of you and when you reach out for it, it disappears. When you put your hand back, it, it appears, reach out for it, it disappears. Mm. And my, I, I actually experienced my brain just like going blank when I'm trying to just work. Um, and, and actually this wasn't what I was going to talk about, but I, I rejiggered my stream deck, which I've used for a long time as like almost assistive technology because I've, if I'm in a meeting or something, Often it's just because my brain is thinking about too many things at once. Um, but if I'm in a meeting and, and I need to kind of pull up a document or I need to just quickly sort of reference something, the spark happens to do that, like the little neuron fires. But because I'm also in a relational experience where I'm talking to people, because I'm very like in meetings, very sort of relational based, um, it's hard for me to then start just pulling up documents. And so for a long time, I've had my stream deck in front of me in meetings for whatever project I'm on. And the main documents are there. Cause I can just like reach over and press the button and it pops up. Um, even though I could do Alfred, I could do a million things. That is the sure. thing that, that creates a kind of, yeah, the physical button helps physical yeah. button. It's kind of like how I still want knobs on my stereo in my car, which is why I still drop, drive a car. That's very old. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, um, I kind of rejiggered that because I've been just, really kind of freezing up. And so like one thing I added, just silly, but like, it's not silly, but it's a, it, it's massive. It's like, I have a shortcut on my computer that like, if I run the shortcut, it's a Mac shortcut or whatever, it just shows me my next five calendar events. And I can run that a hundred times a day because my brain, for whatever reason, I can hold all kinds of stuff. Like I, I work at like a high level, right? Like I write a lot. I do a lot. I talk about a lot. And when it comes to that basic kind of executive function stuff, I can really, there's just something that there's something that gets interrupted. So I have that button. Then I have a new one because every project I'm on has a damn Google Google Drive folder, which like I don't love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made another like uh, Mac shortcut where it's like I press a button on my Stream Deck and a little menu comes up with the, my you know five main projects and it's the main Google Drive folder selected. It, it comes open. Anyhow, that's like loosened me up a little bit because I was really dealing with this kind of like paralysis and I'm still dealing with it. But the thing that really helped me this week was my therapist was like, this is a part of a whole wider conversation, but she was like, I think it's time for you to just kind of look at your environment that you're working in and think about not just are there things you should take out, but are there things you should put in, right? And And it happened to be just the right kind of therapy appointment where when she suggested that and I hung up, it was a zoom thing. I was able to look around and be like, Oh shit. Like I, like my aperture was wide. I was like, yes, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, these things kind of stress me out. And they're like all around me. And, um, and I went and just like, I just actually sat in my, in one place and made a list of the things that I think might be a little stressful for me. And then I went and started boxing them up and it was great. Cause I had, I mean, I keep a lot of like, bullshit around like little trinkets, little like sure. things that help me think of people or times or whatever. But like most of those things are not neutral times or neutral people. Um, and, and most of them are almost like battle scar type of stuff. And even if it's like battle scar, like it was a band that broke up and it was a painful breakup or something. And there's a picture of me playing with that band or whatever. And so I went through it. I just kind of cleared that stuff out and it felt so good. And I'm not done. I'm actually looking, you listeners can't see this, but you can, I'm looking off to the left. Cause I have, it almost looks like I got fired. Like I have like a box in the corner of the office, with like <laughs> a couple of picture frames popping out. Yeah. Um, but the other thing my therapist was saying is like, so also think about what could come in and, and that's been huge for me. So I've really simplified, but then I'm bringing things in. I'm trying to talk my family and to let me take my son in eighth grade had a, had a, had a class, an art class where they were also supposed to be making structures. People were making like castles and, Someone made a little princess house, whatever, and he made a fleet farm.
1: <laughs> and I'm like trying. Chris, I don't know if Christina knows. It's <laughs> just is. like
2: the best
1: ever. Like
2: it is a big box store in a certain sense, like a Home Depot, but it's really a farm supply store. And okay. it's really an ace hardware magnified, right? Like you can buy actual cowbells
1: there. When when <laughs> Ivanka pounds. Trump, when Ivanka Trump came to my town, she did a photo op at Fleet Farm because <laughs> Because ah. it was supposed to make her feel more relatable to rural Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, which is also why I don't shop at Fleet Farm anymore. I shop at Menards. Um, but, I know
0: Menards. I'm familiar with Menards. Yeah.
1: It's like Menards, but a thousand
2: times better. Like,
0: So is, is, it, so is it like Menards you, and like a Home Depot combined?
2: No, it's Menards, a Home Depot, a tractor supply store, yeah. a farm supply store. Yeah. Like totally. the one in my hometown has live chicks.
1: Not like, like like if you want pearls, barbed like, like, wire chips. and a shotgun and you want some feed and, and a seed, bag of nuts and a really and a big bag of nuts. of nuts and and maybe some bulk like um, what are those little puffy orange candies called that oh your yeah grandma always peanuts. had. oh yeah it's the circus yeah. peanuts yeah. Um, like, if you want all that at once, you go to Fleet Farm, and it's it's a disorganized mess, really, because there's just so much oh, stuff.
2: I've been to your Fleet Farm, but not in mine.
1: I was really? It's, it's well, I was or- say, like- it's, it's organized, but you have to ask somebody, where am I headed in this huge Well, you know why I don't have that story? experience?
2: Because my obsession with Fleet Farms, and I've been to everyone in the region, <laughs> is that I, it's a place that I just go through every single aisle. Because at <laughs> some point, I'm going to be like, whoa, horse mane shampoo. Right, I, I and, never and a saddle
1: me. while you're there. Yeah, like this.
2: <laughs> anyway, so he made a fleet farm. And and I want that at my desk, like right in front of me. Like it's the kind of stuff I want like right now. And the interesting thing was that as I sort of simplified the space from things that were a little just, yeah, just felt a certain way for me, um, including some like professional books that were like part of a transition from one life to another in a certain way, I realized I felt more and more like, myself now like it was it was such a it it was nice um i often think that like by having all these things spread around me it is sort of evidence of it's like evidence that i have lived um and and it is like well it's in me anyhow so here it is but um moving it out was just like oh i do actually feel a little more like grounded in this moment without all these things because i would see them in my zoom thing and i would see you know um, anyway, that was nice. I just, it, everyone talks about in productivity and stuff, your environment. Uh, and, uh, and I think mental health is another context to talk about how you construct your environment. Not surprisingly. I still have a lot of cash sitting in front of me right now. That makes me feel good
1: too. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I, uh, I went, <laughs> I went to the bank. I'm, I'm instead of buying, instead of Christmas shopping this year, I am just sending $50 bills to all of my nieces and nephews. And so podcast co-hosts which which i've done before and it feels like the cheap way out but honestly as a kid no
2: the you gift, love it
1: the gift i look forward to most every year was the hundred dollar bill my grandma would send me i didn't 100%. like every everything else was like um uh with ephemeral mm-hmm. like you're gonna like this toy for a month and then you're gonna be done with it but a hundred dollar bill that and i saved as a kid i had a savings account like i i didn't go out and blow it on candy and Mm -hmm. toys like i built up a savings account what same it was (laughs) it was it was was like a an endorphin rush to see like oh my god i wish i had that endorphin. i'm a 10 year old kid with a thousand dollars yes i
0: i i saved (laughs) i mean like i literally like we would call it I mean, and for, for many years, and I still do this to a certain extent, it, it's funny, despite how much money I, I spend, I actually have a, a fair amount in savings. It'd yeah. be more if I had a house and other things, but like, sure. you know, I, I could do better, to be very clear. I could do a lot sure. better. But I um, definitely, um, as a kid, like they would call it the Bank of Christina. And, and I mean, it got, it got to the point, like I actually had to get like a lock on my door because my dad like really literally was like using me as like a personal ATM and it was a problem. I put that on my son. I'm like, do you have a 20 up there? I'll get you back. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was like a problem, but like, you know, and I had a savings account and then I got a checking account and I would put money in it, but you know, I couldn't put stuff in all the time, but like, I would like take like the $20 I would get for allowance and other things and, uh-huh. and, and gifts and I, I would like save it. Like I, I, I've saved enough for one year. Like I basically bought like the, the monitor for our computer and the printer um, uh, for, for, for <laughs> nice. the family computer. Um, I remember I had enough money one time and this was like the best like pre-Christmas thing ever. So when the Nintendo 64 came out, this one, it was like, this is the first console I remember that was like impossible to find in stores. Like I'm sure that there had been difficulty finding other things, but like from the time it was released, you could not get a Nintendo 64. And the games yeah. were really limited too. Like there were only a few games out at launch and they were really hard to find. And nine days before Christmas, I was at a Target and I saw some family like buying one and they didn't have any accessories or anything. And I went up to the guy and I was like, do you have any more Nintendo 64s? And he put one up on the counter and I was like, (laughs) I will be right back. And I went to my mom and I was like, mom, I was like, I have $250 in you know like like stored um in in the um uh the living room and in, in the drawer where you keep your bibles where dad won't go and i will <laughs> i will buy this i will give you the money as soon as i get home i was like but i i i need this
2: picture so, your dad opening the bu- drawer of bibles and being like whoa shit closing <laughs> exactly. really fast You're like that's totally. safe
0: totally so so she um so so i i got it and and um i had to rent a game because you literally could not get mario 64 anywhere so i had to like rent the
2: game the red box for video games well it was was well the video store yeah yeah yeah, that's right i forget that i was a generational difference
0: (laughs) totally it it was a home it was a home video but it might have actually might have been blockbuster i think home video didn't have nintendo 64 games yet um so i think it was blockbuster i got that in a wayne gretzky game and um i uh uh, because like those were the only two games i could play and and memory cards so that i could like save my progress um myself and then transfer it um uh, to, to the new game uh when i was able to finally get my own and my mom, this was the, the worst thing. She still made me freaking like wrap it up under the tree. I bought it myself, and oh, I still had to wait nine days. My parents are like that.
1: I bought my parents a Lomi, the like uh, the thing that turns your kitchen refuse into yeah. compost overnight. Oh, um, oh yeah, 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 bu- yeah, yeah. I bought them that. Uh, Does it works on. Yeah. Oh, it's okay, amazing. I use, I, I use it. I use it daily. Got it. Um, so I thought they would like one. They were super interested. I bought it for them, and. I had them order it and I would just pay for it. And they got it and they called me and they're like, All right, we got it. Do you want to come over and wrap it and we'll open it on Christmas morning? And I'm like, Ugh. No, start That's using it. How... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> it's your Christmas present now. Take it and go. Um, do you guys remember savings bonds? Oh, yeah. Um, I had a ton of them every year. I'm aware
0: yeah. of them. I don't think I ever I, got any.
1: Oh, my aunt and uncle used to send me a $100 savings bond every Christmas, which is it costs like 50 bucks. And you give it, I think, and three to five years, years later,
2: it's worth one hundred and ten.
1: And and I collected those all through my childhood and it felt like a big gift, but it wasn't money you could spend right away. Um, So those all got set aside. And it wasn't until I was in like a financial crisis that I remembered, oh, my God, I have this drawer full of savings bonds. And it added up to like $3,000, but it sucked because I needed that $3,000 just to get through like my current crisis. And then it was just all gone. So
2: draw that time. Yeah. Yeah. It
1: felt like it felt like a lot of um, a lot of saving and a lot of effort for something that it saved my skin, but it felt it was disappointing. It's the but it's kind of really as a kid, I really thought that was going to be.
2: Yeah, no, I did too. More I was like, this to be amazing. It's like in uh, No Country for Old Men when he's like, "Do you know how long this quarter's been on this journey to you?" <laughs> it's like those savings bonds. They were just on this journey to help you with that one week. I don't think they. <laughs> I don't think you can buy
1: savings bonds anymore. I don't think or is so. CDs. No. I.
2: I mean, my grandma gave well, them CDs to my different. boys up until about fifteen or twenty years. No, no, they're not twenty. Up until about fifteen years ago, um, or maybe twelve years ago, she was still buying them. But I think she actually may have bought them all in bulk when they, like, when each kid <laughs> nice. was born, she would buy a bunch <laughs> and then give them out. Um. So may so maybe happened. they
1: were already matured by the time she gave them.
0: Yeah, yeah I, 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 was gonna say I think because wasn't the whole thing because like a CD is different, but like
1: yeah, from, from, what,
0: from what I understood, and I, I never had relatives who got me saving months, saving months like uh my my father's family who had money never gave us money for shit like that because they're bad with it and and whatever um and, and 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 fuck his mother but like um
2: i wasn't gonna say it
0: well i mean you know like <laughs> if there's a hell she's there but like um my, my mom's family who ironically like didn't have money and then wound, wound up when they died not only were their funerals completely like plots everything prepaid had they you know um saved enough to um pay for like all of their their medical expenses and other things, and paid off the house and and other stuff, they still had like money to leave to the kids. Like it was kind of wild actually. Like that these Mm -hmm. very like simple, like like people who like lived a very like modest life actually had like far more money to leave to their family than like the millionaire who turned out actually wasn't like, um, was like living off the company money and like had the
1: people are the worst tippers.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, well, it depends on how rich you are. Like, like there's like old money, rich people will tip well, but yeah, it, it totally, totally depends. But like, um, so, they didn't give me savings bonds. What they would do is, I would just, I would get like um, candy money, is what my grandmother would call it. And she'd put, my, know, like, my
2: aunt like, called it ice cream money, my great aunt. And she, yeah. And she, <laughs> she
0: would call it like, you know, she put like, like, like $20 or something, you know, for like, you know, a holiday and whatnot. But I always thought the savings bonds were like a scam. Like, that's what I, my understanding oh, always yeah, was uh-huh. was that like, there's that people like thinking that it was going to be worth way more. Oh, and then it's no, like, it's-
1: it's guaranteed money oh i know it's
0: guaranteed money it's guaranteed, oh, it's it's guaranteed, guaranteed money. to
2: be a very poor return on investment well that's what i meant in terms it's of like, the it's like it's a contractually <laughs> that's, fair. Uh, that's fair. right
0: know. well well, that, well that's what i meant like by scam i meant like the return on investment for these things is like non-existent like obviously sure. it's it's like a you know the, the the bond is guaranteed but like you know like yeah. one of those things that i think that you'd have I, I always just imagine and this is just from tv which is my mostly my knowledge of savings bonds, you know, of like door-to-door salesmen. They're like, oh, it's going to be such a great return on investment. This will be how you're going to pay for your kids' college and this and that and just yeah, buy this. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, really what you want is you want like a, you know, whatever the the sort of Roth account is and, and you want to sure. do like these other things. Like that's how you really save for college. But like you know, to get like a really, you know, good until
1: return. there's a financial crash and your, your IRA becomes worthless. I but. mean,
0: fair, fair. But, but um, I mean, at that point, everybody had bigger fish to fry. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: all right. Did we, did we just spend 40, 42 minutes on a mental health corner?
0: We did. Oh, we so did.
2: We meandered out
0: of so, it. We got a lot of other things.
1: I feel like it's important that we acknowledge the pivotal role hmm. That this podcast played in Taylor Swift becoming... Uh, times Person of the Year. Yes, that's you too I came in late, so I, I mean, I, I came have in to late, be a
2: little <laughs> humble about it.
0: Okay, you can be a little humble, but it, it is it is more Brett and I. Um, but I'm I'm going to give you credit here, Jeff. Like Brett was really ready to like not talk about Taylor Swift ever again, and Still. you and 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 you and you've been like willing to let me continue to talk about her, and you've been willing to like <laughs> let me continue the conversation, especially this year, which was yeah. the pivotal year. So, yeah. so I know. I, I, I think. I think. Obviously, it was our podcast. It was the three of us, and uh, and that is why. Did either of you read the profile? The profile was actually
1: really I, good. I. It was really long. <laughs> it is um, really long. I. I skimmed it. I read. I read paragraphs that jumped out at me. I did not read the whole thing. I got some interesting tidbits. Yeah. Um. She. She has led an interesting life, and she has. She has a lot of. She has made some powerful decisions. Uh, that have benefited her well. I did enjoy the story about her first, like right at the beginning of the article. It talked about her Kenny first heart- yeah. yeah, her first heartbreak when she was like scheduled to open and it was going to change her. She got career. the Kenny
2: Chesney tour; it would change her career. She gets so much money, and then
1: and then he got sponsored by a beer, beer company, company. Mm-hmm. and she wasn't old enough to be involved, and he came back to her at like her 18th birthday party and gave her a check for all the money that she probably missed out on um, by being the opening act, and she was able to like pay her band bonuses and yeah, let, let pay for just, tour buses and everything. Yeah, that it. Was
2: gonna, I was going to say, let's just do the list of things that she <laughs> paid for with that check, and then let us try to figure out how much, the How much fucking that check, check was. was for. So he is like, I'm sorry this kid couldn't tour with me. It would have been a big deal for her. She would have made a ton of fucking money. And so he sends her a birthday check, right? And it's like Brett just said, I'm searching this as I look. It's like she paid bonuses to her band. It paid for her tour buses, tour buses, right? Mm-hmm. Like it paid for so much. How much was this check? <laughs>
0: Inflation considered. I mean, I don't know. Probably a million dollars. I don't know.
2: And when I know know Kenny Chesney makes a lot of money, but I think of people at his level of fame, which is probably bigger than I think, as like not able to cut. A million dollar check.
0: I think in two thousand six, I think he would be able oh, to six, very easily yeah. because That's you got to right. think. You got to think about a couple things there. One, the economy for the music industry had not completely collapsed yet. Like people were still buying CDs, yes. and and um and so and he was selling a shitload of CDs. Like yes. we didn't listen to him because we're not as demographic, but he was selling a shitload of CDs. And hey that, man, I
2: saw him in 07. It was girls night out at the Indiana state fair. I went with my, my mother-in-law and my wife girls night out.
0: Okay. So you, which that's, that's a big thing to play too. Right. Like, like, so he's playing like big venues, like Indiana state fair is like, you know, he's getting paid well Good for that. Venue. Yeah. But well, not to mention the merch sales, right? So like, you know, so you're getting merch, you're getting touring, you're getting still CD stuff. So, I think he probably could cut her – I don't know what it would be pre-inflation, but like equivalent of a million dollars now. And and yeah, she'd be able to do it, which she didn't expand upon in that article. But I do know from past things with her because this is brilliant. So they, they bought their, their buses. And I think they actually bought them from Kenny Chesney and they um wait
2: this is money laundering
0: this is starting to look like a different deal
2: <laughs> no 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 no
0: <laughs> no 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 it, it, now i get it now you get it yeah no i'm sure there's some money wa- definitely definitely money laundering no they bought the buses <laughs> then what they did is they would rent them when they were not in use uh. to other acts because her dad is is like an actual like financial like advisor like analyst like you know soccer girl like a guy who's actually yes. very very good like was paid for a very long time to manage other people's money in like in the you know many many millions of dollars. So he's he's the sort of person who you would be perfect to be like the dad of like a, a burgeoning like you know country pop star, right? Yeah. Like this is not Britney Spears's family who's like how much money can we suck out of this girl? This Probably. is like oh no, okay, what how can we leverage this the best we can? So he's like, "Okay, well we'll buy the buses and then we'll rent them when we're not using them." And that way we can get tax write-offs but also we can continue to make these make money for us even when we're not on the road and like the
1: income tour buses totally so what, and what does taylor swift's mom do
0: she was in marketing and then i think she was a state home uh, for for maryland and then she's a stay-at-home mom um
1: so so the 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 formula and now she's becoming, a baroness. <laughs> to becoming a billion dollar time person of the year is to be one insanely talented yes to have a financial manager for a father. And Mm -hmm. three, have a marketing person as a mother. Well, you got to have a Kenny Chesney. And you're you're well on your way. And
0: you're well on your way. And and, a check from Chesney. And then the check from Kenny Kenny Chesney. Chesney. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, to be clear, like, she, like, it's her talent alone, I think, probably she Would have gotten a record deal, um, especially when they were giving sure. everyone record deals,
1: sure. The but reason a lot she's of people her, got record deals, oh no, to be very
0: clear, We don't hear I, about them anymore. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. And, and to be very clear, I think the reason she's been so successful, and she, I think, would be the first to admit this, is like she came from money, her family was willing to move to Nashville for her, like they literally like picked up, like, we're on, went from their, like, the, their palatial estate or whatever in, in, in you know, um, Pennsylvania, went to Nashville. Like to help her pursue her dream, they had the money to do it, and then they had the money to invest. And also, when she was originally, she was signed to um, a songwriting deal with um with one of the record labels, and they were like, they didn't want her to perform her own songs. They were like, we'll we'll give you a record deal, but we want you to sing other people's stuff. And she's like, this isn't right. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to back out. And her mom is like, God, you know, we've worked so hard. You know, I can't believe you're going to do this. But she was like, okay, I'll, I'll trust you. And that was when she then met. Scott Borchetta who let her do her own stuff and of course that relationship ended awfully but it was very productive for like the first decade uh, or 15 years or whatever of her career so um yeah but to be very clear like having the right support system around you which almost no one of her age ever has but like the dividends and to this day she even says in the article she like that she considers her her you know her Thing, like a small family business because her dad's still involved her mom's still involved her brother's involved like you know they they keep it I, tight
2: i have a friend who uh, would frequently reference his his family's small business and then i realized he was a trust fund kid who didn't have to work <laughs> and that that family business was massive but it was controlled by a small number of family members <laughs> yeah like, oh, which that's i think like is basically this <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's amazing uh, my um, my mother-in-law, when we went to see Kenny Chesney, I kept calling him Kenny Mick Chesney because that's what I thought his name was. She thought I was being an asshole.
1: Uh, now that we're in a, a lighter mood here, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick sponsor break. Yes, perfect. Um, this episode is brought to you by Around Square. You know that experience of learning something new that would have been so useful last week, or finding something special that you hadn't realized you'd been missing all these years. Well, today might be one of those days. Around Square is a company that you've probably never heard about, but for certain people, the brand, the products, and the ideas just really resonate. Since 2007, Around Square has been designing and producing beautiful, unusual, functional goods for the mind and body. Their specialty is a range of intriguing little objects for everyday carry. Many of these things are, could be described as skill toys, dexterity trainers, or fidget items, but they really don't conform to these labels, and none of them really do the products justice. They're striking minimalist, striking minimalist objects more akin to jewelry than playthings, but they're also serious tools designed for creative exploration and peaceful manipulation, things to keep the hands busy and the mind at ease by providing just the desired level of stimulation. Around Square's eclectic range goes way beyond this and includes stationary jewelry, functional clothing, and much more. Check it out at www.aroundsquare.com and use the code OVERTIRED at checkout for 15% off. That's aroundsquare, A-R-O-U-N-D-S-Q-U-A-R-E.com and use the code OVERTIRED. (laughs) And now back to Christina for the Taylor Swift update.
0: And and then now now back to me for the for the penult for the for the uh ending on this. So again, this very long article, but it's a really good one. And this comes towards the end. And basically the author has just kind of written about how he was kind of evaluating when he was talking to her, she was kind of telling the story about how 2016 was this really low point in her life and she didn't think that anybody was gonna listen to her music again and and that she thought that she, you know, had to go into hiding and all this stuff. And and he kind of was thinking to himself like Eh, but you know, you actually, you know that that lead single off that next album sold. You know uh, that that w- w- hit number one, and the album sold 1.3 million. Um, you know, albums its first week, and and you know, you had this massive thing, and and, and it didn't look, um, you know, like anybody's career died. You know, you looked like you were a superstar. Who, you know, I'm gonna read from him. She looked like a superstar who was mining her personal experience as successfully as ever. I am tempted to say this. But then I think, who am I to challenge it if that's how she felt? The point is, she felt canceled. She felt as if her career had been taken from her, something in her had been lost, and she was grieving it. And then this is, is, I think, really brilliant. Maybe this is the real Taylor Swift effect, that she gives people, many of them women, particularly girls, who have been conditioned to accept dismissal, gaslighting, and mistreatment from a society that treats, the, that treats their emotions as inconsequential permission to believe that their interior lives matter, that for your heart to break, whether it's from being kicked off a tour or by the memory of a scarf still sitting in a drawer somewhere or because somebody else controls your life's work, is a valid wound. And no, you're not crazy for being upset about it or for wanting your story to be told.
1: That seems fair.
0: And yeah. I think I think that's, like, I think he's right. I think that is, like, the real, like, that. that's, I think that encapsulates, like, why this year in particular. Finally, like, I think she even says in the article, like, that she feels like she's, like, at, like, this precipice moment at 33. I don't think anybody anticipated that she would have the year that she had. But I think that's it, is that it's, you know, it gives people, especially women and, and particularly girls, like permission to be like, yes, this shitty thing happened to me. And I might be over dramatizing it in my own head or I'm not, but I can feel this. And that's, yeah. that's pretty fucking great.
2: I'll make well, my own it, goddamn video about it. It
1: goes back to <laughs> like what we were talking about this time. Talking about with depression. Like, yes, the, it's the same feeling that, like, uh, this can't be that bad, even mm-hmm. though it feels wrong for me. like let's put it in the context of everybody else and i'm not special and i don't deserve to have these feelings and i think it speaks to that kind of yes yeah
0: no i mean and you see it like at the concert i can't wait for you guys to watch the the tour movie when it comes on streaming um and plex accounts
1: um oh i saw it in the theater no, I'm just kidding. I, didn't. <laughs>
2: I was like, "You did not, you liars." Oh. Um, it, oh, it's they, a- had the, they had the Taylor Swift popcorn buckets when I went to see Ghost <laughs> in the Shell with my. Yeah, son.
1: he brought me there. I didn't bring him there. Wait, Ghost in the Shell was in the theater.
2: Yeah, it's like a remastered version. This is a really oh, good no one. Oh shit, it's good.
1: Ooh. Yeah, I yeah, love
2: anyway. Movie. Sorry, but we almost ended up with Taylor Swift popcorn buckets <laughs> and Ghost in the Shell, which is funny.
0: Ooh, that is funny, actually. No, but no, I can't wait for you guys to like for for that to come out so you can see. Parts of the the, the concert, because uh, I'm not going to make you watch all three and a half hours. Don't worry. But um, it is it's actually three
1: and a half hours.
0: Yeah. She performs for three and a half hours.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, and
0: they like cut they, and, and, and they cut cu- they cut they cut songs from the um, release version. So it's only three hours in the theatrical release. They cut like six oh my songs. God. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Well, I mean, genuinely, it is like the most amazing like achievement of like artistic like um, athleticism I've ever seen in my life. Because I watched,
1: I watched King Kong with a notebook and just marked down all. I the wish shit. that was the name I, of a movie. I thought they could cut. I think like, King Kong could have been a two-hour movie. Oh yeah, uh, that's
2: the hill you're gonna die You're like of all the movies, you could all the two, movies. to
1: to be like, you know, that what? was cut.
2: This. That you're was like fucking King Kong.
1: Get my is, notebook. So Lord of the Rings, like that, could have been cut too. Oh, of course, um, but but like king kong is the one i feel most wasted like hours of my life and like i i am almost vindictive about <laughs> how long king kong was um
2: before off of the taylor swift topic i want to just Tell you how this article highlighted a problem in Instapaper, which is that when I open it in Instapaper, it says this. Here's the headline: Taylor Swift is Time's 2023 Person of the Year by Taylor Swift, comma Time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I don't know how that ended up happening, but it's pretty like she really figured out how to control everything. She really everything. figured
0: out how to control she everything. She could control everything. She yeah. she even figured out how to like like make instapaper. Like yeah, no, that's yeah. very
2: funny. She hacked into she- Marco Armett's thing and that hacked into the New York Times, and now here you go.
1: <laughs> speaking <wrote it. laughs> of speaking of Instapaper, should we do some gratitude? Let's do some gratitude. Oh man. So I'll kick it off. I just published my uh brett's favorites 2023 i do this every year on my blog um there is a second installment coming uh but i listed probably 30 30 apps that i love this year so i'm gonna link that in the show notes and people can check it out um i think based on the mention of Inst- uh, of instapaper i want to highlight artifact okay have you guys used artifact at all
0: um, that's the nope. uh, that's the that's the news app from the uh, yeah. Instagram guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is. It is pretty. It, it, they went through a recent change where they started highlighting user comments more than news stories. Um, so it takes a little extra work to use it as a news app than it used to. Um, but I I love it. It has AI generated summaries of every article um, and then If you click it, you go to the actual article on the web so that that author gets like, you know, ad money, whatever. Um, I do love that if enough people report a headline as clickbaity, they will have AI rewrite the headline based on the content of the article in a non-clickbaity fashion. So you can, like, I go through Apple News and I get frustrated because it's, Awful. It's so many Newsweek articles. So many Newsweek articles get oh, yeah, yeah, get totally. hoisted on me. Um and and Artifact has actually led me in the categories that I tell it I'm interested in. Um it has provided a lot of really good news from a variety of sources and not uh, not just an echo chamber of what it thinks I want to hear. It's it's pretty good. The the algorithm is um, people centric in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I like it a lot too. And, and obviously it's, it's from the, um, uh, uh Instagram, uh, the original Instagram team, um, the, uh, Mike and Kevin who, you know, I think, uh, regardless of, I mean, look, however you use Instagram now and however it's evolved, like, I think that is probably one of the most impressive apps ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like to have a, a, a team yeah. of nine people sell like an app for over a billion dollars and it to. Yeah. Remake uh, a a a massive tech company to be like one of the central like things. Like I think mm-hmm. Instagram as a you know product, and I think Facebook as as a company like was greatly greatly hurt when the two of them left like four years sure. ago. But yeah, sure. so so um uh, kudos to, to Artifact. Um, I actually do. Do you have yours, um um Jeff? Ready? Yeah. Go for it.
2: Uh, well, it's it's really so it's it's this torrent app on setup called folks oh yeah and like it is a good app in in that any torrent app could be good i mean they're all it's such a shit show that you're navigating and and so it's it's clean and i i get my stuff quickly and i have to look at crazy ass ads ever um and and I've really appreciated it because I haven't found anything better. I don't like love it the most, but I want to just say if anybody knows of anything that's even cleaner and more elegant and has a, a, a even better search uh, functionality, uh, I'll I'll look at it. Um,
0: okay, so you're looking for something that can search for stuff, not just something that will manage torrents.
2: Yeah, and even just I don't even I don't seed shit. I'm a I'm a one way Johnny. Right. I'll okay. Put that. Put that season one of Columbo
0: in my pocket. Got I'm it. Out of here. Okay. So so transmission won't give you the search, but is a very clean interface. If you have another way to use it, so transmission, which was recently, oh, got it, within the last year or so, like it finally got a massive 4.0 upgrade. Um, four I think, came out two days ago. So that's now finally being actively developed again. Um, and and it runs natively on one Max now and whatnot, and and that is, um, it, it's on it's on a number of platforms, but it was originally a Mac app. Um, that's, I think like the best all around clean client. However, uh, it's not going to give you like the, the, the search ability stuff. So full. Yeah. And I mean, and I that. do,
2: I, part of why I'm interested if there's something better is not, I mean, cause they do an amazing job when you consider the shitscape that is searching right. torrents. Online. Oh, totally. I mean, what you have to
1: navigate to show you, you something. <laughs> you have a Synology, don't you, Jeff? I sure do have a Synology. Um, there are transmission is available for Synology. Uh, There's also a default package called download station Mm. that actually has a really, really decent search, uh, really decent, like it'll automatically find magnet links. And then you can just like pick a torrent and then come back the next day and you don't have to sit and watch the number of peers and percentage download and everything. And it just goes to your Synology while you sleep. And Just tell it, me when the it, first three police academies are ready. <laughs> it works pretty well, yeah. <laughs> I have awesome. found I have found many many a TV show unavailable on streaming using Download Station.
0: Yeah, Download yeah. Station is great, and uh, and okay, use and and use that is still a great thing too if you're willing to pay for um, uh, you know some of the the Newsnet services. You can get a right. lot of really great stuff. From the are still Usenet services? Oh yeah. No, they're well, okay, again, it's it's just for file sharing. So um okay. but but like there's giga news, there are a bunch of them, and basically like they will have like really long retention times and you can use things like sonar and radar to search and find basically anything you want and whatever quality you want, and then just queue it up and it'll download for you.
2: Okay, got it. Cool, thank you. I will I will start playing.
0: We should have like a piracy episode sometime.
2: That'd be fun. <laughs> Is there a great piracy guest we could bring?
0: huh i'm thinking about it an
2: actual pirate
0: i mean maybe maybe i was actually i was actually thinking maybe we could get one of the torrent freak guys on to talk
2: oh yeah i would love to pepper questions at a torrent expert slash piracy slash pirate
1: (laughs) guaranteed to get us um top billing on the podcast apps
0: I mean, you never know. I mean, it, like it depends. Like, are they algorithmically determined? If so, then yeah, probably. <laughs> if there's no human like curating that stuff. Then, like, yeah.
2: Man, what's yours, Christina?
0: Okay, so we were talking about um, uh, Re- read it um uh, later apps, and I have to say, like, I've been using for the last year or so. I've been using um, uh, Readwise is a reader, oh, and so and it's awesome. And so Readwise is is a service, at Readwise.io. And, um, I, uh, and they have a reader service, which will also kind of act as like a read it later thing, which is really, really good. Like you can, it's basically the idea is that you can kind of like import all of your highlights from like your Kindle and your Instapaper or iBooks or, you know, pocket or whatever, you know, if, if you're wanting to kind of keep track of that stuff and then reader, they basically built like a, a read it later app for power users is how they describe it and, I love it because you can basically bring in RSS, you can bring in PDFs, you can bring in like YouTube videos, you know, you can bring in other read it later stuff, you can bring in EPUBs, you can like connect newsletters to it. And so it's, they they literally built an app that like would be, like I remember when I first read about it, I was like, okay, this is the, the perfect app for me. Like this seems so like this amazing. was done for me. And like I I'm still, you know, I think I might I have to check. I think I still pay for Insta Paper Pro. I don't even know anymore. But I was like a life <laughs> I like a, but I was like a lifetime insta person, even though I yeah. haven't used that actively in a really long time. Yeah. And and um I, I never really got into pocket because I was Team Marco and um mm-hmm. you know, uh like whatever. Um and and like old grudges die hard, frankly. Yeah. um because uh, i remember when that first started out was like a firefox extension and they kind of copied like like marco's whole thing anyway um, totally. uh totally like everything's under the bridge now but like you know i i've always like uh we used to say at, at gizmodo it was like people like oh we just use pocket and we were like no we were an instapaper family um and but now i think i'm i'm i'm, I'm a um a, a readwise reader family uh um, yeah it's a really really good app and so i
1: looked I had heard about this, but I had never checked it out before. And I'm looking through the feature list and um, yeah, bringing like, especially if I can combine my like Kindle reading Mm -hmm. uh, and my highlights in eBooks with stuff I find on the web and read later tagging and, and note searching, and it can sync to our sometimes sponsored notion. Yep. Yeah. That's, this looks pretty great.
0: Yeah, no, it's really, really good, and um, the the pricing of it um, is a, like a you know you can you can use you you can try it out, um, but I think it's like eight dollars a month or something, which for me is completely worth
2: it. So nice. And to any listeners who now have the song under the bridge in their head like I do, just because Christina said the words under the bridge, I see you, <laughs> <laughs> but I cannot help you because I can't even help myself.
0: <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry about that, but yeah. Uh, so- great song though
1: (laughs) last thing last thing i'll mention for anyone who has bought an ultimate hacking keyboard based on my recommendation um they just came out with they call it the riser 60 and it is a a tenting mechanism for your keyboard that gives you I think up to 60 degree tilt (laughs) uh, from the side, which is ergonomically fantastic. Like I tent mine at like 10 degrees using the built-in feet, but I'm so excited to have it tented like almost vertically and tight from this side. I so can't much much wait to show you wrist. the
2: keyboard that is that is custom built for the three fucking fingers I use to type, <laughs> because it's gonna it's gonna Dude. do to you what all this does to me. You're so, gonna be like, well, I don't know how to use a machine so complex. I you,
1: I'm showing you. I did this to my finger. Ooh, and yeah, he's
2: showing me a cut finger, which yeah, I now yeah. retract.
1: It's it's. <laughs> F- Alexa oh. doesn't understand. Oh, okay, that's um, Alexa Hard to understand. Sorry. But uh but I I butchered my finger and I couldn't touch type with, with cuz every time my keyboard was covered in blood. It was it was wicked. So that's I started awesome. trying to type with my two like four fingers and trying to like hunt and peck type and I can't do it. Like my brain is so geared to touch typing that I don't know. It takes me so long just to type the word the took so much effort. It was insane. I don't know how you do it. Well, see, now when everything gets even
2: worse and people have their fingers all cut up, look who's going to still be writing. And you're going to be over with your fucking tent
1: typewriter, whatever the fuck it is you've got.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing?
1: It's like a homeless shelter for typewriters.
2: Aw, that's nice. (laughs)
0: we should have um um his book the the shipping has been delayed because of slipcover madness but uh when um when martian's um oh, um uh, yeah. book book comes out like we should have him back on the pod
1: oh, slipcover yeah. madness would I be have a great i paid for book that i'm anxious now. to get it
0: me too me too um, it's probably not going to happen by christmas but um he was a guest when okay. i was
2: away right wasn't yeah. he a
0: guest when i was away yeah yeah i'd love to have him back to talk with you cuz i you guys would like i mean look he just he fits this pod like perfectly like yeah, I, I met have, him
2: does he tent his keyboards <laughs>
0: I mean, he has like the most insane like typewriter and keyboard collection like of anybody awesome. you've seen. Like he literally awesome. wrote this book about like the history of of, of keyboards and it. stuff. I love and, it. And and he and I um met and like became friends because we talked about um about um uh, sneakers one day for like three and a half hours in Twitter DMs.
2: The movie or the, uh, the movie. article of clothing? Okay, got it. Great. The, the, Does it become sneakers still?
0: Uh, usually kicks, but yeah, I mean, some kicks, people come kicks.
2: Yeah. Kicks, that's what the kids are saying. Pumped up kids. kicks. <laughs> All that's right, so awesome people. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's oh. under the bridge downtown. <laughs> Good to I'm see gonna, you guys. I'm going to fight Good you with you Under too. the Bridge. <laughs> Get some sleep Get under the bridge sleep. downtown.
1: Bye. The system is going down low.